The other day, as I sat in my camp chair in a beautiful mountain meadow, reading a few things on my solar-powered laptop, I stumbled upon a blog on the internet that went something like this. My journey is coming to a close. I have decided to leave the full-time lifestyle of traveling in my little camper. It was a great adventure, but now I'm ready to live in a house again. I really got tired of living by myself, and I'm now going to share a place with a friend in Tucson. I'm hoping to still go camping some, but I'm also looking forward to having a hot shower every day and a place to put things. I'll still post on my blog, but it will be an all-new direction. I was curious as to when this person started full-timing in her RV, so I went back to the blog's first post a bit over a year earlier. I'm finally beginning my journey tomorrow, and I can't tell you how excited I am. I've been planning this for years, and I'm down to trying to decide what to give away and what to take in my little 13-foot trailer that's from hitch to rear. I don't need much, just a place to sleep and to keep warm and dry. I'm off on a new adventure, the most daring thing I've ever tried. It's the journey of a lifetime, and life is good. I paused, put my computer down, and got a glass of iced tea, then sat back down, watching a couple of chipmunks carrying off some sunflower seeds I'd tossed them earlier. I began to wonder, what went wrong? Why did this person give up after a mere year on what was supposed to be the journey of a lifetime? Did she consider her journey now done? Was she happy about quitting? I picked my laptop back up, found her contact info on her blog, then emailed her, asking why she'd decided to come off the road, as RVers put it. She responded immediately, and here's what she wrote, used with her permission. Dear Sonny, thanks for your interest in my story, though there's really not much to it. I used to camp a lot and thought I'd be happy living a carefree life on the road. I saw people out doing it, and I started reading a lot of RV blogs. Everyone seemed to be having a ball and even when they were having problems, they always said it was still better than living a mundane life in a house. That's what inspired me to sell my house and get on the road. What went wrong? I think my first poor choice was buying a small trailer, but it was all I could afford, and I thought I'd be living a simple life. Well, I was, but a bit too simple. I got tired of not being able to take anything with me, including extra food and water, and there's nothing worse, for me, anyway, than sitting in a tiny box while it rains all day. That and a lot of other things that the bloggers never mention, like the insecurity of constantly looking for a place to camp and seldom having a hot shower. And yet, I myself was guilty of being that same type of blogger after I got on the road, and my posts talked about how happy and carefree I was. It was almost like once I'd started on my dream trip, I couldn't admit it was a disaster in many ways. I did enjoy some of it, but it got old very fast, and thus my decision to get a house. I really wish someone had forewarned me that things on the road aren't really as rosy as many portray them to be. I was a bit taken back at her reply, as I hadn't really expected that kind of a response— I thought maybe the decision to quit was based on health problems or family circumstances or a million other things, but not on how difficult the lifestyle was, as this is something you just don't hear much about. I leaned back in my chair and closed my eyes. I've been camping and RVing since I was a kid, and more than once I've come off the road for various reasons, 
for stretches of just a few days to several years at a time while going to college. Yet I loved the nomadic life, and I couldn't imagine quitting forever. Or could I? After some thought, I started recalling some of the hard times I'd had RVing, the times one tries to forget. There's something about the human mind that mellows bad memories, and we tend to sometimes even completely forget unpleasant things, but I'd certainly had my share of problems while on the road. But was RVing really that hard? How many things really could go wrong when your house is so small— Even the big diesel pusher Class A's aren't that big or complicated compared to a house. Contrary to what many RVers claimed, was it really easier to live in a house, what RVers call a sticks and bricks? I decided to read as many RV blogs as I could and see what I could find.